From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., Governor Evers made headlines last week when he announced in his first State of the State address that he was directing Attorney General Josh Call to withdraw Wisconsin from the multi-state federal lawsuit against the Affordable Care Act. An attorney for the Republican-controlled legislature immediately reminded Evers of the lame duck laws passed last month, which give that authority to lawmakers and not the governor. Evers then walked back his comments after Cole... Evers then walked back his comments after Call wrote him a letter telling him he has no authority to drop the state from the lawsuit. So then Call asked the Joint Finance Committee if it would approve getting Wisconsin out of the suit. What are the chances of Joint Finance going along with Call's request? Some of the reaction we got from like Robin Voss, for example, Assembly Speaker last week was noting that, you know, Republicans in the legislature supported Governor Walker, when he gave then Attorney General Brad Schimmel permission to join the lawsuit challenging the Affordable Care Act. So, I mean, they basically already went on record backing that lawsuit. Um, I don't know if there will be a massive sea change in that sentiment because of what happened in the past election, which was we saw that Democratic candidates were able to use that lawsuit to go after Republicans and say that they wanted to do away with protection for those with pre-existing conditions because they backed a lawsuit that if it overturned the Affordable Care Act would do away with those protections. So, I don't know, it'll be interesting to watch how that plays out. And the latest Marquette University Law School poll that we saw, 48% favored pulling out of the lawsuit, while 43% did not. So there's a plurality support for ending it, or the state's role in that lawsuit, but it's not like it's an overall majority, so I'm not sure how that's going to play politically with the legislature just yet. What do you think was the motivation behind Governor Evers sort of throwing that out there in his State of the State speech? Was it a gaffe, or did he know what he was doing when he ordered the Attorney General to withdraw the state from the lawsuit? The reaction from a lot of folks I've talked to in the last few days has been that they fumbled the ball in that one, um, that you know, Governor Evers is now in a position where every word is scrutinized. And, and you know, don't forget, you know, as state superintendent, which was, you know, his past life, it's a much different stage than when he's on now. And Tony Evers, you know, the impression people have is he didn't spend a lot of time thinking about how he wanted to be governor someday. Whereas, you know, Scott Walker, he's had this had on his mind for years before he ran in 2010. Much different for Evers, not used to the same level of scrutiny, but that's the reality of being governor. Every word you say now is, is part picked over. Um, people trying to figure out the meaning to it, and something like this doesn't look good in terms of message discipline. Now, people I talk to don't think that the average voter really is paying attention to stuff like this. This is something that they're not really tuned into because it's kind of inside baseball, as we call it. Um, So we'll see how it plays out. You mentioned the Marquette poll. The first one of the year was released on Thursday. It gauged the pulse of Wisconsin residents on a number of issues and showed lots of support for expansion of Medicaid, raising the minimum wage, and legalization of marijuana. These are some key agenda items for Evers, but they've been met with pushback from Republicans. But the poll also indicate there's not much support for raising the gas tax to pay for roads. Evers has said everything is on the table when it comes to transportation funding. So what do you make of these numbers, and overall, was it a good first poll for Evers? To start, you know, good place to be. Rather be there than underwater, obviously. A lot of things he's pushing, like 
uh, investment in special education are wildly popular. The issue for him is going to be, how does he work with that Republican-controlled legislature? What do GOP, GOP lawmakers let him get done? Because they really are a key piece of all this. And, and how is that going to help him or hurt him going forward? Um, the early signs of the poll were that people thought he was trying to work with the lawmakers more than they were trying to work with him. Um, but we'll see. And he's still a long way to go for Governor Evers, and he's still, still in that infancy stage uh, of being governor. Also last week, the state assembly passed a bill that would require health insurers to cover pre-existing conditions in the event that the Affordable Care Act is overturned. This was a big issue that Democrats hit Republicans on during the midterm elections, but it's unclear whether the state Senate will follow suit as a similar bill expired there last session. We're hearing that Senate Republicans will discuss the measure this week. So is this going anywhere in the Senate? And what were the reasons for letting the bill expire? last time. Um, the two questions I've gotten about that bill this week, or last, sorry, last week, have been, um, will Governor, would Governor Evers veto that bill if he got to his desk? And two, will even get the chance? And the second question is all about the state Senate. Um, last session, there was an 18-14 Republican majority. There was a similar bill before the Senate, and it failed by one vote because two Republicans at the time joined all Democrats in opposing that bill. Now it's a 1914 majority for Republicans. They have one extra Republican vote. But the bill that passed last session is different from this one in some ways. One of the key ways is that Republicans, after meeting with Governor Evers, added a provision that would prohibit lifetime and annual caps for coverage. That was a hang-up for Democrats last session. By adding that, they you know gave a nod to Evers what he wanted. It helped get a bipartisan vote in the Assembly but it might have made it more made it harder to get Senate Republicans on board with that bill because it expands it from where it was before. So you got to watch what happens with that conservative wing of the caucus, what they want to do. And then with Democrats, how are they going to react? Are they going to get on board with Scott Fitzgerald, the majority leader? Would he allow that bill to pass with a bipartisan vote uh, and not 17 votes, which is the number needed um, just from his caucus? There's a... There's a touchy dynamic with that. Most leaders of legislative caucuses don't want to rely on minority party votes to pass a bill. They want to get the majority needed from their caucus alone. Then they get Democratic votes or opposite party votes, great. So what will happen with that? It's a big question kind of watching going forward. And when we talked to Fitzgerald, he said he hadn't met with his members yet, so he couldn't say where they were. And that's kind of typical with Fitzgerald in that he's not going to lay a market on those caucus until he's had a chance to have his caucus you know, look at a bill, digest it, see where members stand, and then he's going to try and count votes. But right now it's up in the air where they are on that bill. And finally, the watchdog group Wisconsin Democracy Campaign says spending in the 2018 governor's race between Republican Scott Walker and Democrat Tony Evers topped a record $93 million. Walker and outside groups poured about $58 million into his failed bid for a third term, while Evers and outside backers put in about $35 million, which led to his victory. Do you see a trend here? Uh, do you think this record will be shattered in the 2022 gubernatorial race? Well, what's interesting about that is that, you know, Governor Walker was a unique figure as a fundraiser in Wisconsin. I went and tallied up what he raised between um, January 1st of 2009, which is right before he announced formally to run for governor, and December 31st, 2018. He raised almost $118 million over that period. That is 
a number that nobody else comes close to touching as a candidate for state office in Wisconsin. And I, I doubt ever will, because Walker cut a unique figure as a fundraiser. That is, that because of the attempt to recall him in 2012, he built a national profile, which is unusual for a governor, but also on that profile came a national fundraising network. Most governors don't have that. Walker did. So that gave him access to raise all this money, which influenced the cost of these elections. Now, Evers, um, he ramped up his fundraising dramatically in this last election from where he'd been as a state superintendent. Um, it was somewhere north, um, just a little bit less than $11 million over an 18-month period. But that's not quite in the Walker neighborhood. So who's a candidate going to be in 2022? What do independent groups spend on this race? How does Evers improve as a candidate? Those are all questions that I don't have the answer to just yet. And it will definitely influence whether this race tops, or that 2022 race, tops what was spent in 2018. That's com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.